This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Look right down any crowded hall. You'll see there's a beauty standing. Is she really everywhere or a reflection? One always calls out to you. Shy and quiet. Could there be two different girls who look the same at Sweet Valley? Sweet Valley High. Sweet Valley, Sweet Valley High. Welcome to Pi Beta Alpha, the double love sister podcast in which we explore the strange and terrifying world of the Sweet Valley High TV series, episode by episode. I am so excited. Oh my God. (laughs) That was amazing. Well done. (laughs) I have just played the Sweet Valley High theme tune for the first time. Well, for the, possibly for the 10th time. I worked it out this afternoon and uh, have not really been perfecting it so uh, I hope you'll appreciate listeners the slightly shonky quality that <laughs> listeners of the main <laughs> keep tune know and hopefully at least tolerate <laughs> it's scrappy it's it's nice though we like it thank you <laughs> I have spent quite a lot of the pandemic uh, figuring out Taylor Swift songs and folklore and evermore well, which I can play quite well but uh, excellent I mean the natural progression to that is 90s TV theme tunes would I mean would would assume <laughs> <laughs> so hello Pi Beta Alpha members we are Ooh. very excited to uh, to see you here in our secret clubhouse <laughs> pink jackets for everybody <laughs> oh god if only well you know if enough of you join <laughs> who knows then it'll be pink jackets for all uh, yes, when we uh, were discussing what to do for possible bonus episodes and extras for um, for Headstuff Plus, uh, we realised that the entire Sweet Valley TV series, or at least the first three series, I think, mm. are all on YouTube. So, you know, you can watch along. Maybe you want to watch and come back to this episode. I mean, they're only 20 minutes long. It won't take you very long. True. Um, it won't take much of your time. So, yeah, that'll that'll be worth doing. No. <laughs> and it has to be said that based on this first episode, you will be entertained. Not possibly in the way that the makers intended, but you will be entertained. Nonetheless, there is entertainment to be had. <laughs> yes. So, uh, Karen, I mean, as we did in our very first uh, episode of the main podcast, can you remember first seeing this uh, legendary show? Do you know, I can't. This is the weird thing. I like, I know it was on telly when I would have been like watching like Saved by the Bell and yeah. whatever else was out at the time. But really all I actually remembered was the theme tune. Because I mean, it is a banging theme tune to be fair to them. It is. Um, but I don't know, was it that I had maybe stopped reading the books at that stage? Or like, because I feel like if I was still deep into my, my Teeth Valley <laughs> obsession and getting them from the library, I would have been bed into the TV show. But I just don't remember being that pushed about the TV show for some reason. I mean, I was right, clearly, because it is not good. (laughs) It is terrible. And actually, I was in college when it started, which was the height of my and my sister's Finding Sweet Valley books completely hilarious. I was very excited about it. And 
um, I was really disappointed because I thought they were going to go in and properly make it an adaptation of the books, which would have been hilarious because the books are so are kind of po- not quite po-faced, but you know they take the drama very seriously. Which they're is why very they're, soapy, yeah, yes, which is why they're funny um, mm. unintentionally. Except they, the show, they tried to make it a sort of a kind of like Saved by the Bell. Like, so it was just going to be a shit comedy as opposed to going full in on like, oh no, Elizabeth's been kidnapped by Rick Andover. You know, they they could have gone for a more um, literal adaptation, which I think would have been more entertaining in this case. It probably would have. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know what kind of market they were trying to hit, but look, an attempt was made. <laughs> True. I mean, we'll give them that. And it is a hilarious time capsule because... I guess the first, it's it's basically 10 years after the first book came out, or almost. That's it's 1994. True. 94, yeah. Yeah. And what year was the first book? Was it 85, maybe? Ooh, I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. So there's a big enough gap. Um, so while we may not get the jumpsuits of yore, <laughs> we do get some surprising, for the girls anyway, some surprisingly authentic 90s fashions. Like, I would say aggressively 90s fashions. <laughs> So uh, I guess we can, uh, because we don't have, you know, taglines and blurbs or covers, we'll just dive right in with the show. Let's fucking do it. So we begin outside the school gym. with The arrival on our screens in the flesh. <laughs> it's Jessica and Elizabeth Wakefield. Oh my God, it's so exciting. <laughs> and they're arriving for, not for a school day, but for a dance. Which is only, is only right, really. I mean, that is very on brand, let's face it. And uh, it's homecoming, which is, uh, you know, at least it's an, an actual thing that does happen rather than one of those made up dances, <laughs> like a fucking <laughs> rocking chair fundraiser or whatever the hell that or like was. Like the Queen of Autumn <laughs> or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at least we're starting on some solid ground with homecoming. Yes. Still not 100% sure what it is, but look, no. it's fine. We're here for the ride. We'll take it. <laughs> yeah. So Liz wishes Jessica luck and Jessica's like, I won't need it. <laughs> And then they strut in and it's quite an entrance. It's amazing. They're so different, you see. Oh, well, actually, Jessica looks like she's at the old two-week perm. She actually does. It's quite the uh, Medusa hairdo. It's very curly, very like piled atop the head with the uh, little spirals coming down around her face. Like again, super 90s, loving yes. it. My God. Yeah. So they both are like walking. Is there like a balloon arch? I feel like that they walk in under some sort of entrance. Yeah. Yeah. And they each walk in and sort of cross over each other to head in opposite directions. (laughs) And their outfits. I mean, I have to say Liz's is a lot better than Jess's. Jess's outfit is not flattering. (laughs) Oh, God. I mean, yeah, it's it's quite a look. It's so weird. It's like it was yeah. like some kind of like a, a business suit that she then just took a scissors to because oh, what is happening there? It's terrible. It's like nearly just like a bandana or something tied around her boobs. Like it's it's is it even a top? I don't know. Like, it's a really sort of baggy, un- weirdly shaped black top and matching micro skirt. Oh God. Yeah. There's at least like 10 inches of midriff going on as well. It's like yes. so much midriff. So God. much. Well, I have to say in the 90s, I was, uh, around that period, I was often seen wearing a uh, child's t-shirt. So usually something from like the 70s that I found in a charity shop and a pair of jeans that, uh, <laughs> of like 
flared needle cords that I had to lie down on the ground to zip myself into. So I guess the, <laughs> it's surprising we didn't all have a cold in our kidneys in those days. There you go. <laughs> this is what happens. Um, yeah, Elizabeth's outfit. Do you know, looking back on it now, it is actually quite cute. Like yeah. she's got a little floral dress, her little cardigan. Maybe baby like, doll dress and a cardigan, which is very cozy. 1994 as well. True. She is wearing like little frilly ankle socks like she's making her uh, communion, though. That was <laughs> interesting to note. <laughs> Well, she's wearing boots, though, isn't she? Because that's she kind, is, of, kind yeah. of not quite docks, but, you know, clumpy boots, no. which is, you know, a bit of a, uh, another very 94 touch. Oh, very. Yeah, it's um, authentic. We'll give them that. Yes. So uh, Jess heads over to greet Lila and Patty. It's Patty Gilbert, yeah. given a, a proper role and actual uh, lines and everything. Yeah. I think they very clearly realised that the unbearable whiteness of Sweet Valley was just too much. Not, not going to fly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Patty is uh, somehow one of, I mean, Patty is too good for Jessica's crew. Oh, completely, yeah. So Patty's, it's kind of like their little clique is Lila, Patty and Jessica instead of, I suppose, Cara and Amy, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and some goon comes up to them and tells Jessica, like, uh, oh, I I voted for you, Elizabeth. And Jessica's like, Ugh, and then Elizabeth. And the girl is cr- incredibly offended for some reason. <laughs> like, why is she so angry? <laughs> Just, she looks so alike. Oh my god! Well, you know, we're establishing that this is this is what how they roll. They look so alike, but my god, they're so different. <laughs> so in this case, they don't really have to say they look alike because we can't see them with our own eyes. That is true. They're very obviously identical twins. Yeah, um, yeah but it's so funny because uh, I think it's a Brittany Daniel plays uh, Jessica, and like the massive bitch energy is accurate for Jessica. It's just funny actually seeing it because in the books, it's like, oh, Jessica, she's, you know, she's, she's so gassed and everyone loves her. But in this, it's like, she's a terrible person. Also, and in fairness to the, to the Daniel sisters, like you can tell, even apart from the clothes, you can tell which is which by the way they are playing them. That is true. Yeah, we'll give them that. Because yeah. like, I mean, I know it's early on for them. I don't know where the even actors at this point, because I think they yeah. had been... They were models in like a chewing gum ad or something yeah. and then got cast in this because so, the acting is pretty ropey uh, oh. to begin with. But, you know, it's early days, so we'll, we'll give them that. True. Yeah, because when the girl says to them, they look like Jessica, like, I hadn't noticed in this extremely wooden voice. Oh, God. <laughs> and then Lila says that Jessica has cornered the nerd vote uh, just in time for Enid to arrive. Oh, <laughs> who really looks like an authentic early 90s teen. She is super 90s. Uh, I kind of like, I have to say, I liked Enid in this. Like, yeah, she me too. Cool. Yeah. She's a cool voice as well. I quite like her vibe. Yeah, she's kind of distinctive. She looks like a real teenager. She's got real yeah. 90s teenage hair, which is before people had, you know, expensive under, like, uh, thinning haircuts and uh, straighteners. Mm. So, yes, she does look like an authentic 90s teen. And she asks Liz how she's doing. And apparently Liz isn't, uh, isn't, isn't in the great mood. No. So is it, yeah, her and Todd, are they not talking or have they broken up at this stage? I think they've broken up. They're or... sort of just, I don't know if they've officially broken up, but okay. they're, yeah. they're, 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 they're on the outs anyway. Yeah. Yes. And um, we cut back to Jess, who's surrounded by some terribly acting nerds. <laughs> Good, sweet Jesus. They're so bad. Oh, bless them. (laughs) They claim they voted for her multiple times. We learned she's been promising dates for votes. (gasps) Jessica. I mean, that does sound like her. (laughs) Very much in character, it has to be said. 
So yeah. we costed Todd, who, I mean, <laughs> Todd is 60% neck. What is going on with this boy and his neck? It's like, what's <laughs> happening here? Really it's like his is. neck just runs straight up into his face. And then there's just like a little, like curtains haircut kind of sitting atop <laughs> the whole lot. It's like, holy shit, dude. Poor guy. I mean, I, I think I think since then he's actually grown into his neck, so he's like, you know, he's it's fine. But yeah. just for first impression, it's like, whoa, this is the angle we're going with. <laughs> I mean, it's the camera angle is unfortunate. It didn't do him any favors. Yeah. Meanwhile, Winston is by far, as we have mentioned, I think in the main program uh, or the main podcast, he is by far the best looking boy there. Like Winston is fucking cute. Yeah. Like. I would have a bit of that, yes. Yeah. I mean, even not comparing him with all the, you know, uh, thick-necked jocks with their curtain hair. Like, <laughs> he is objectively attractive. He is, yeah. And uh, he's commiserating with Todd. Oh, yeah, they did break up. Sorry, because Todd can't believe that Liz broke up with him over nothing. And it turns out that the reason that they, uh, they quarreled was because he nominated her for Homecoming Queen. Ah. <gasps> uh-huh. Yeah, but I think they cut back and Liz is kind of explaining to Enid that she feels like he's just making all her decisions for her and he didn't even ask her if she wanted to be nominated for Homecoming. Even though I don't think that's how that usually works anyway. You just kind of get nominated. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she's annoyed with him for, uh, as she puts it, he's he's been smothering her. And <laughs> Enid's like, I wouldn't mind being smothered by a guy like Todd. It's like, whoa, pump the brakes, scene. Enid's <laughs> <laughs> quite the horn dog. But also, I love her. <laughs> I think she's the best character in it. Enid and Winston are the only ones with any charisma. See, that's true. They're like they're funny and they're they seem like people you'd actually want to hang out with. Yes, this is very true. Credit where credit yeah. is due. Um, so Enid rightly points or, or understandably points out, like, why didn't you withdraw from the competition? And but Liz couldn't because all the ballots had already been printed. And Edith's like, okay, well then fine, whatever. What's the big deal? And Liz's like, oh, it's just so shallow. It's just, you know, I don't like putting myself out there. It's such a popularity contest. It's like, all right, well, I think something's going to happen in a few minutes that belies these words. But anyway, um, we cut back to Jess, who is in the middle of giving a speech about how she's convinced she'll be queen. Then she is distracted by somebody and says, Who's the babe? Oh, Jesus. Who's the babe, Karen? <laughs> oh, my God. Why? It's Scott Daniels? <laughs> Allegedly. I mean, I don't see a moustache. So, I mean, the jury's out on this being him at all, because uh, how uh, could it be? <laughs> also, he's about 45. And like, it's like, whose dad has just walked in to collect them? Like, <laughs> I was worrying it was Mr. Collins. But... Oh, no. <laughs> or should I say... Mr. Collins. Oh. He's not in it, but maybe no. he'll be in his future episode. Maybe. Um, yeah, like pretty much all the men at this, what am I saying, men, boys at this party, he's wearing like, I mean, again, I was a teenager in 1994. It was the year I turned 19. And the boys I knew were wearing, you know, Sonic Youth or My Bloody Valentine t-shirts with probably like checked shirts over them they were not wearing baggy shirts that somebody might wear to their first office job tucked into <laughs> chinos yeah like, what sort of teenage boys were wearing like office clothes 
So like they're wearing ties and everything. And it's like, man, I don't know how American dances rolled in the 90s. But like Winston is the most believably dressed boy, I think. That's yes, fair. very true. Uh, yeah, the rest of them all look like they're going for their first, you know, insurance company jobs annual <laughs> dinner. Very true. <laughs> maybe not even in their first insurance company job. Maybe their second. Maybe they're like, you know, 32. That's They've got a mortgage to pay, you know, the business will pay themselves here. <laughs> well, Jessica is intrigued by this college guy. And yes. when, oh, God. What it's are the other, sorry, when, when you actually see someone on screen walking in who's meant to be in college, it's like, what are you doing at this I know, school dance? You fucking creep. pervert. <laughs> Again, I was in first year in college in the 24. <laughs> Or possibly even second year, and I would no more have gone. Like, if, just in case any younger listeners are wondering, was it different in the nineties? It wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it was not. <laughs> I got no one I knew would have gone to a college or a secondary school party. It's like turning oh. up to someone's deb's. I mean, yeah. uh, it's just it's everyone as old as well. A creepy weirdo. Yeah, so weird. Hmm. Well, so one of the girls points out to Jess, like, well, he's in college, like, he can't vote uh, for the homecoming queen. And she's like, so my vote, I'm in, his vote I'm interested in. <laughs> and then another nerd mistakes her for Liz. And when she's like, oh, it's Jessica, this, this poor kid probably thought, this is my chance to shine. He makes this <laughs> hilariously terrible, like, bad acting face, like, whoops. Oh, <laughs> look at me, ma. I'm on TV. <laughs> I'm acting, see? <laughs> Speaking of OTG, another uh, much loved character takes to the stage, literally. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, we know that these kids love some admin, so it's no surprise that they have a whole committee and uh, <laughs> and um, the, I guess, chair of the committee. Uh, it's Bruce Patman. Hey! <laughs> Quite Bruce-ish, I have to I say. I guess he does, yeah. The hair felt wrong, but like, mm. that was the 90s, yeah. so I guess I can't be too mad at it, you know? <laughs> yeah. And he has the douchey energy. Big time, yes. Yes. So, he says it's his honour to introduce some fine-looking women. Oh, <laughs> gross. Well, in fact, But also, <laughs> yeah, true to Bruce, though. <laughs> yes. And also, the first finalist he names is Amy Sutton, who looks about 40 oh Amy yeah like again I think they just threw in that name just to, to satisfy book readers because well, I don't know maybe she turns up again later mm. but she was very much just like random character who's also nominated that yeah. nobody cares about yeah. wearing a very authentically uh, early 90s sort of long mm. floral sundress so big time yeah for that. and then of course that Liz and Jessica and Jessica's name is greeted by just a crowd of boorish hooting men Oh, there's a bunch of lads just kind of going, hoo, 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 in the corner. It's just like, wow, okay. It's, it's so gross. And then Maddie, Ma, oh, it's Manuel Lopez. Yeah, again, they had to uh, up the um, diversity did, quota. Some of the tertiary characters got pulled right up front and centre for this. Also, Manuel Lopez is now like a DJ, I guess. I guess, yeah, sure. He's known as Manny. And Bruce asks him to play some royal tunes, which are basically record scratch. You all ready for this? Fantastic. Yep. And they're going to read out the winner. And when Bruce says the winner of the whatever is, Jessica goes, I love being me. But of course, that's just before Liz's name. 
Isn't oh, <laughs> burn on Jez. <laughs> She's queen. And this gives quite a genuinely quite nice, gracious speech. She does, in fairness. She, uh, yeah, she handles it well for something she was saying she had no interest in and it was all shallow and bullshit or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, she gets up, she she says some nice things and is like, you know, thanks so much, everybody. Yeah. Uh, also, I did think it was a little bit weird that they do the king after the queen. Well, you know, the films yeah. usually have the queen as the headliner, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we've seen Carrie. I mean, oh, if only that just happened. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Sadly, uh, the Sweet Valley's uh, Valiant's aren't like burnt live in a terrible teleconnected fire. They're saving it for the season finale. Oh, oh. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, Liz says, you know, thank you for voting. I die. I'm not really comfortable in the spotlight, but this is really nice of you all. So, yeah, it's a nice speech. Ben Brick says, no queen is complete without her king. And who could her king be? <laughs> it's Winston Egbert. <laughs> By the way, Winston is genuinely funny here. He is. I got a proper laugh out of this, yeah. I have to say. Like, you know, he's cute. He's funny. Like, how are the girls not mad after Winston is what I, I want know. to know. So, first of all, he says that after the day he kissed Lila Fowler in the third grade, this is the happiest day of his life. And Lila's all like, this, that's not true. It never happened. <laughs> and then, and this is a bit that genuinely, his delivery of this really genuinely made me laugh. It says, so good. You know, his first act as king will be to free all the school lab rats and then turns to Bruce and helps and puts his hand on his shoulder and says, Bruce, you're free to go. <laughs> Proper fucking lol. Like, I loved it. Yes. Long live the king, indeed. <laughs> and then Bruce goes, man, Will, kick it. Kick it. <laughs> oh, wow. And then... Oh my god! I was not expecting this <laughs> at right. all. I'm still not really sure. Did I imagine the whole fucking? Thing? Oh no, that was no dream. Because let's just remember a few minutes ago, Elizabeth said that she did not like being in the spotlight. Mm-hmm. However, <laughs> when she was in it, literally, wow. oh man, she uh, she knew how to work it. So, yeah, like her and Winston take the floor and they just, they break out into a completely unexplained and (laughs) fully baffling fucking synchronised dance. Like, I'm sorry, where the fuck did this come from? It's really elaborate. It's elaborate. It's way too fucking sexual for a high school dance. Like she, she literally astride him at one point and it's like, holy shit. Also the little baby doll dress she has on, like her entire arse is on show at one point for sure because that dress is so short. Like what is happening? It's a dangerous choice. And yeah, she is working it. Like Winston is not, you know, leading this dance. She literally leaps up and puts her legs around his waist so they can sort of ride together and then they're doing that sort of sensuous moves it's fucking bizarre like they are grinding on each other like they really are. oh my god i'm actually baffling Disney oh my god oh shit um <laughs> yes she uh yeah she they 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 finished the dance to wild applause it's also there's bits where they're like standing in front of each other and put their putting arms up to make shapes it's just it's a properly elaborate like a choreographed oh, thing goodness. and and i was i really thought there was going to be some kind of throwaway line about oh you know it's just as well we practice or something no. there's no explanation for this intricate synchronized choreography and I'm just like am I losing my mind <laughs> I mean I, I felt I it's 
we're all we've going a bit stir crazy in lockdown. I was genuinely wondering, <laughs> is this happening? But it did. It, it did. So when it's over, uh, Liz and Todd have a moment where she asks him to uh, to dance. But then it turns out she st- when when it's revealed that she still hasn't really forgiven him for um, for nominating for the homecoming queen, he just stomps off. He does. Todd in his neck has had enough. He's out of here. Well, he's still got his rage issues. That's no, transferred over from the books. <laughs> yeah. And who should swoop in and whisk Liz off onto the dance oh. floor? God. Well, it's Scott, isn't it? Doesn't he turn it up? It is. I think at this point I wrote down, Scott Daniels, you 40-year-old man, get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Call the police. Seriously. Where is Mr. Collins being, like, he should be there chaperoning all. There, I mean, there isn't a chaperone to be had. No, clearly. And all the sexy dancing. The I mean, dirty Jesus, dance. somebody needed to break that shit up. <laughs> it was inappropriate. Get out the hose. Hose them down. <laughs> Please. <laughs> well, Jess is enraged by the sight of Liz and Scott on the dance floor and says, she gets homecoming queen and a hunk. It's <laughs> great line. He's really not a hunk, Jess. You've dodged a bullet. No, <laughs> he is not. Well, we cut to the casa. Where Liz, this is amazing, is on her laptop writing on her oh diary God. in all caps. Oh. <laughs> in like 72 point font. <laughs> <laughs> and this is her diary entry with this like massively spaced, like triple spaced in this huge font. Last night was meant to be the happiest night of my life. Was it really? It wasn't. I really no. missed Todd. Oh. <laughs> What a diary entry. Also, why was it meant to be the happiest night of your life? There's no indication for this. She didn't even want to be homecoming queen. So like she was going into it not happy about how things were. So I don't know, but just the hilarious shouty giant font. <laughs> it's so just, good. Wow, love it. <laughs> well, that Jess comes in and it's like just a bizarre scene. She starts, she throws a magazine at, at Liz. There is a bit in character where she's like, look at this and... Uh, Liz is like, oh yes, it's you know really derivative. It doesn't, it's not good journalism. She's like, I'm not talking about the contents. Look at the ad. Um, <laughs> it's basically it's a Wonderbra ad now, also very of its time, I have to say. Uh, but then she starts going on and on about how she needs Wonderbra. I mean, I don't know, like Wonderbra is a brand, or it was. It was Gossard Wonderbra. That's right, yeah. So were they sponsored by them? Seems like a weird sponsor for a show for like probably. Very early teens or pre-teens. I don't know. She's talking about her boobs in front of the mirror. A bit weird. That's it. She she, she has a whole scene of her just like standing in front of the mirror, just like pushing her boobs up and and turning around at different angles. And it's like, yes, you're hot. We know. I'm saying the bra would transform her life. I mean, okay. Um, So uh, then Scott rings and asks Liz for a date. (laughs) And she gives her this like quite long explanation about well I was just seeing somebody his name is Todd Wilkins but we've kind of broken up now and Jessica understandably is fed up with all this rambling so basically grabs the phone and tells her she's crazy to turn down um, Scott Scott <laughs> fucking mortgage broker Scott <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's got he's got to get up for work early in the morning <laughs> and Liz likes Todd she's like Jess is all Todd's toast and reminds her that Todd did stomp off true mm. So Liz agrees to the date. Uh, we cut to school where Enid is reading from Eyes and Ears, which has an item about the star dunker and the roving reporter splitting up. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> so, I mean, we know who wrote that. Uh, so she's a pretty cold journalist. You know, she's, she's by principled if she could gossip about herself. About herself, yeah. I mean, it's also throwing people off the scent, I suppose, isn't it? Oh, true. Yeah, this, do- is, like, and this does go along with the actual double love storyline, at least part of it. You know, well, that's probably the only part of it that does. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, because they rem- we're reminded of the whole fact of eyes and ears is, you know, it's a secret identity and whoever um, is outed as the as the person behind it gets chucked to the pool. And mm. uh, Enid, who's basically dressed like Angela Chase, it's full oh on. Oh my God, she is. My so right. called life. Um, wow. <laughs> she says that she's so desperate for a boy, she'll put an ad in the Oracle. Um, <laughs> she's gas. <laughs> they might be setting us up for a plot line based on that book, actually. Oh, maybe. Uh, and I do have to admit that the like the flowery dresses and cardigans, like the baby doll dresses and cardigans, is with uh, sort of slip dresses with t-shirts under them. The t-shirt it's underneath is just spot on. Like it's perfect. It's it's chef's kiss, nineties yeah. teen girl. Like that's so nail on head. Yeah, I was probably wearing like a short flowery dress with a t-shirt underneath. It, <laughs> it was hair. the look, like with the boots. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Liz bumps into Todd, who uh, says he owes her an apology, but he's just sorry for not dancing with her. He's not. He basically mm. hasn't taken her criticism on board about how he's just being kind of controlling and. Yeah. Um, I don't blame him for being a bit pissed off about this because he wants to forget about it and just go to a movie and she's like oh actually I have a date so yeah. <laughs> it's like well okay she works fast <laughs> yeah true so Todd stomps off again and uh, they got the rage right they sure did big time yes mm. and then later cut to Liz uh-huh, on the phone to Scott <laughs> and saying oh you know don't bother collecting me I'll call over to your place oh you're having a party in the frat house that's great but is it Liz? Oh, judging by that sneaky look on her face, I sure don't think it is. <laughs> it is not, as we find <laughs> out, because we cut to date night where Liz, again, authentically is wearing a flowery baby doll dress over a t-shirt mm-hmm. with a cardigan and Jess is just offended by the sight of the cardigan. Now, I can tell you the cardigans <laughs> were oh, de rigueur in that period. That's not in California. True. I mean, I am comparing their weather to here. That's true, actually, yeah. Like, the cardigans and layers all make sense here when you're freezing your ass off in Dublin, but, like, Hmm. not so much in Southern California, you'd imagine. Well, Jess takes the cardie and gives Liz a weird-looking red jacket. Oh, my God. Yeah, she takes... This is the thing, because she kind of makes some comment about how um, Liz always wears this little pink cardigan, and she has been wearing it, I think, up to this point in Mm. pretty much every scene. Um, So she uh, So she's like, no, give me that cardigan. She's like, here, wear this instead. And has this red blazer, which, like... The blazer is fine. And what Elizabeth is wearing is fine. It's like a green, like floral dress, t-shirt combo. But like the red blazer on top of that outfit is ridiculous. Looks terrible. I know. Okay. It's like literally any other color blazer probably would have worked. True. Um, Yes. It's even Liz can tell it's not a successful look, but Jessica shoves her into the bathroom. It's like, put on more makeup. (laughs) This is like, I already have makeup. It's like, well, put on some more. (laughs) <laughs> that is quite funny actually I know, well, and once Liz is in the bathroom with the door closed Jessica holds up the cardigan in front of herself in the mirror oh. and smiled an evil smile and then we cut to the frat house and who should be there oh it's Jess in the cardigan in disguise yes <laughs> Scott Creature, as my notes say looking about 50 
Oh, God. It's like he gets older with every scene. <laughs> I know. So he offers her some booze and she's flummoxed when she wants a, she asks for a diet cola. What? And uh, yeah, there's this amazing like cheesy pop grunge in the background to remind her of how mainstream sort of grunge stuff have become at this stage that they've got this kind of so poor Liz is waiting on the stairs for Scott and eventually she just ditches the jacket and leaves the house. She does. She goes off for a wander. I suppose, yeah, as far as she knows, he was supposed to come and pick her up. So she just thinks she's been stood up rather yeah. than intercepted. <laughs> By a scheming Jess who was at the party <laughs> grinding hilariously against Scott. <laughs> oh God. He literally looks like your dad. Please stop. So gross. And he says, I really love the way you move. And she says, Jessica taught me everything I know. And then she throws off the oh, card again. God. Oh, Jesus. It's like she's kind of trying to set it up so she's setting Jessica up through Liz or something. Yeah, it's like she's going to reveal, like she did with Bill in Heartbreaker. Oh, you're so right. She's yes. pretending to be Liz and then she's going to go, aha, it is I, Jessica. <laughs> I'm the cooler sister anyway. <laughs> so Liz heads out, uh, I guess it's to Seca Lake because she finds Todd angrily oh, yeah. throwing things in some water. <laughs> There's um, a tree as well, isn't there, with like TW and EW carved into there it. There is. And yes. now I got quite annoyed about this. She says she remembers him carving it after a 4th of July party at Fowler Manor. Manor. What the what? fuck is this? <laughs> I don't literally say WTF. <laughs> How dare they? It's Fowler Crest. And don't you forget it. Oh, oh well, actually, though, they do then have a productive conversation because Todd initially is all sulky. He's like, oh, don't you want to do drug? And she tells him, look, you took me for granted. You're making decisions for me. And he said he thought they were a team. Uh, but she's like, this is no game. It's us. Ooh. They have to communicate more. And Todd is like, I guess, you, I, guess I should communicate more. Um, so he accepts responsibility. It's actually quite a productive conversation and like a better conversation than they probably ever had in the books, to be honest. True. <laughs> like, very they both much. said how they were feeling. They worked it out and now they're all good again. <laughs> yeah, fair play. So yeah, they declare their love and they kiss mm. and that's it for them. That's the end of the conflict with them for this book. So back at the party, Jessica is grinding up against Scott and it's all like, oh, maybe you should invite, this would be so deeply weird if it was Liz. Like, while she's like dry humping his legs, she's like, maybe we, he should invite, you should invite Jessica to your next party. You might like her better. She's more your type. Oh God. It's so odd. It's so strange. And then he says something gross, doesn't he? Like, oh, double my pleasure. It's like, oh God, you're disgusting. <laughs> but then, in a moment of synergy based on our main episode this week, they head not to the Dairy Burger, but to the Moon Beach Cafe. I was so surprised and delighted by this because I suppose without having read the new Elizabeth, I would have been like, what the fuck? Where is the Dairy Burger? Whereas now I'm like, yeah. this is actually an impressive deep cut and I am here for it. <laughs> exactly the same. I was like, fair play. <laughs> I'm totally on for the Moon Beach Cafe. Like, let's fucking do this, lads. <laughs> So Lila tells uh, Enid and Patty are there. So I guess that Patty is friends with the general guy. She's not just Jessica's uh, sidekick. Um, and yeah, Lila tells the pair of them that she knows who writes eyes and ears. And she has a convoluted tale about somebody's sister's boyfriend's girlfriend. Oh, it's actually very funny. And Winston yeah. is there as well. And he's kind of like, 
come on, get on with this. Like, yeah. it's actually played out quite well. They're probably, I think those little four or five of them are probably better actors than anybody else so far. Yes, that is very true. They have the right little spark. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, it comes down to somebody whose girlfriend's locker is near the office of Mr. Collins. Oh, look, I was so happy that he even just got a mention, to be honest. Like, I don't mind um, that he didn't show up. I'm just glad that we're acknowledging that he's in the universe. <laughs> true. Now, I'm a bit worried about if he does show up, what will he look like? Because I have no memory of it and I can imagine he will not look like a young Robert Redford. Uh, oh, definitely not. But like, the <laughs> thing is, I feel like with this entire series like I don't think anybody's parents are ever in it or they're just kind of like written around the parents like they never actually show up at any point so I don't know if teachers are going to make an appearance but you'd imagine if they're in school like there'll have to be some classroom based yeah that's true they have Mr. Belding and Saved by the Bell like exactly yeah Yeah. I mean I've got my fingers crossed for Mr. Collins but we'll just have to wait and see I think oh gosh my my hopes are high now he has been (laughs) he's canon in the TV universe it's true. Um, so yeah, they saw somebody uh, go to her, lo- go to his office, and hand over an envelope, uh-huh. and it was none other than Liz. That's it. And so straight away, Enid's like, "No way!" Because why would she write about herself? Which yeah. would mean her throwing them off the scent plan would work. Yeah. And Lila says, when we were uh, talking the other uh, recent episode about how you know they all think having coffee is really weird and affected, but now it's the nineties. And Lila says, "Wake up and smell the cappuccino." Fucking amazing. I love her. <laughs> what a difference a few years make. One minute of oh cappuccino is a sign of being like Daniela Fromage. And now it's just like, of course, we're all like. It's just regular. Yeah, it's yeah. getting our lattes. Um, so, uh, yeah, everyone's amazed to see Liz and Todd arrive, madly in love. Oh, they're all like, oh, you guys have made up. Hooray. And she reveals that Todd flaked on her and she's glad that he did. And Enid asks for his number. Yeah. Or Scott, sorry. Uh, yeah. And Enid asks for his number because, again, she is a horn dog. Massive horn dog. <laughs> All her scenes about her being, you know, on the prowl. He's a delight. <laughs> I think Butterfly Nash might actually appear. <laughs> I mean, I would not be surprised. <laughs> Um, well, the, the gang confront her about the eyes and ears, Kylie. Well, Lila confronts her and Patty and Eden just laugh. And obviously Liz dismisses it and Lila stomps off. Then a drunken frat boy type comes in with two babes. And I thought he was just a random frat boy. But so did, did I. So did I. <laughs> did you? But who is he according to the credits? I mean, I was so surprised to see his name, but it has to be it has Rick to be- Andover. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was watching the credits and it was like, Scott Daniels, whoever, then Rick Andover. Like, whoa, <laughs> hold the fucking phone. That was Rick Andover. And like, it had to be. He was the only other like random oh, yeah. dude with spoke. lines yeah. who would actually make sense yeah. to be that character. Yeah. And I was so happy. Oh my God. So was I. I actually shrieked when I saw it. And I was watching it on my phone. Not the most... <laughs> fancy way to view a TV program. Um, so, uh, yeah, he uh, Rick mentions the, par- the, the pie gam party to Liz. And when she says she wasn't there, he's like, oh, I'm pretty sure you were. And of course, they're all like, Jessica. Jessica. <laughs> but poor Jessica. Now, I do feel sorry for her because we cut back to the frat house and Jess is, uh, Scott is being gross 
This was really grim, actually, this whole scene. Like they're just sitting on this horrible couch and there's like yeah. road signs up on the wall behind them mm. and like empty paper cups all over the place. And I was just like, I actually feel a bit sick looking at this because yeah. he just kept, she keeps trying to get off the couch and he keeps pulling her back. Yeah. Um, and it's just, oh, I think, what did I write down? I feel sick. Scott should go to jail. <laughs> I mean, definitely should. He's yes. he's kind of worse in this than he was in the book. Because she asks what's in her drink. And he's like, oh, it's just a little rub to loosen you up. And he's saying things yeah. like, oh, I can't believe you were only 16. You're so much more. Oh, that's actually what I wrote down. He should be in jail. Yeah. <laughs> and then he pulls down her uh, shoulder strap. And like, she keeps trying to get oh. up and he properly grabs his arm. Yeah. Or she properly, he properly grabs her arm. Um, mm. And he suggests they go to his room to talk. And then he tries to kiss her. But she throws her drink over him and calls him a pig. Yeah. She's like, you're so high school, Elizabeth. And she says, by the way, I'm not Elizabeth. Um, oh, yeah. She's like, I'm Jessica, jerk. Yeah. <laughs> Which I quite like. Good for you, Jess. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah. So they, uh, she goes outside to find Liz and Todd, who've just pulled up outside the party. And when they tell her what happened, Todd says, I want to kill that guy. I, I was like, yes, I think I wrote down, okay, that is very Todd, to be fair. Very, very <laughs> uh, on that. But also, what she has just said, genuinely did happen it's kind of like what she falsely accused Todd of doing in the mm. book yeah very true um, but uh, yes they decide not to have Scott have any consequences of his actions and they go home and uh, Liz doesn't talk to Jessica for doing you know this switcheroo which you would think after her sister was like sexually assaulted practically by this douchebag mm. she might be slightly more sympathetic about it Oh, you would think. <laughs> and uh, Jess apologizes for the switch and says she's the world's worst sister. True. Yeah, that is more self-awareness than book Jessica has, I think, ever shown. Mm. But then she does sound quite like book Jessica, which is like, oh, I did for you. If I hadn't, you and Todd wouldn't have got to better, got, got back together. And Liz just says, genuinely, oh, I hadn't thought about it that way. <laughs> like literally, it all is a forgiven in an instant. And it's like, all right, fine. Look, we know this is how they roll. So let's just move it along, I guess. But is it? Because the next day, Todd uh, sort of whispers to Liz at school that he took care of everything as Jessica struts in. <laughs> she, she also like, someone walks past her and she's like, nice outfit. It's like, wow, she's so horrible. <laughs> She's got a Cordelia Chase levels of uh, terrible, of meanness. That's true, actually, yeah. Um, but uh, Liz, accidentally on purpose, spills drink over her and mm-hmm. offers her the cardigan. Aha. Uh-huh. we've established by now, this is the, the marker for Elizabeth. Yes. <laughs> if you're wearing that cardigan, that's who you are. <laughs> exactly. And Jessica's like, oh, I suppose I must, because she's covered in stains. And um, just as Liz... As she puts on the card again, Liz just runs away. She's like, Oh, I've got to get something in my car. Bye. <laughs> That's yeah. it. So then Jessica is stood next to Todd in the hallway wearing the cardigan. The card- so she looks like Liz. And uh, a mob descends on them. <laughs> Literally. And Todd calls her Liz as well. Yeah. I didn't even catch that. Actually, yeah. that was quite good. <laughs> and the mob advanced towards her, saying, You know the price for being eyes and ears. And they literally carry her away. It's quite sinister. 
oh my god like she's picked up and carted off like by them it's so funny but as well obviously the uh, the penalty for being found out as eyes and yeah. ears is that you get tossed in the pool but, but it's hilarious because there was clearly no budget for an yeah, actual pool scene so like they stride off down the corridor where there's like a huge sign propped up on top of the lockers with an arrow saying pool gym and it's like they go around the corner and you can hear the sound of something going into the pool and it just it just sounds like it's in the hallway or something like you nearly expect to see a big splash of water come around the corner or something and it's like oh look they made it work it's fine <laughs> oh my god it's amazing and uh, especially as they say when she's protesting her innocence so she's carried off to be thrown in the uh, conveniently off camera pool um, she's like it's me it's Jessica they're like Jessica would be caught dead in that sweater <laughs> that is pretty good <laughs> by her own petard so there you go that's what she gets <laughs> and so she's flung in off camera um i mean again i've talked on the show or the main show about um working in a soap opera and the things you have to do around budget so i i really could relate to this scene like we just won't show the pool no, a big sign with an arrow will cover everything. Be the audience will a well placed sound effect job done. Yes, and Jessica shouts, Liz, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> it's a very wholesome ending, actually, to what was kind of grim earlier on. Yes, that's but, true. Uh, it was a cute ending. I, I did enjoy that, I have to say. Yes, because Todd and Liz kiss. And that is it for the first episode of the TV Sweet Valley High. So good. You know what? I think I actually enjoyed it more than I thought I did now that I'm thinking about it. Why? <laughs> when I was talking about it, I mean, you know, I, I really did appreciate the uh, layers of entertainment that were There you blind. go. And there are Easter eggs for like the diehards like us, such as, you know, Moon Beach and Amy Sutton being shouted out. Like there is a lot of stuff in there that you can kind of be like, oh, OK, let's see what you've done there. Yeah, it's not too, uh, you know, sacrilegious. And in fairness, I mean, it's uh, it's a good thing. They're giving the people of colour in the canon list some sort of screen time. Absolutely, yes. Holy shit. Hopefully they'll get some actual plots that aren't race-based. I mean, fingers crossed. Oh God, yeah, no. I I can't imagine they'd be uh, going for something like that or that type of an angle. But um, but yeah, I mean, because yeah, the the casting is kind of funny. I mean, the the Daniels films. I suppose I'm just accustomed to them being the TV version of the Wakefield. Yes, so I yes. was fine with that. Um, and as you say, then Winston is like the hottest guy, which is so out of left field. Like, okay, I am happy to roll with this, though. I have to say, um, Lila is a funny one because mm. she didn't seem right. But I suppose if you just take her as her own character. I did quite enjoy her. And she's she reminded me a lot of um, Amber from Clueless. Yes. and Very that kind of vibe. Yeah. yeah. Well, she's played by Bridget Flannery. It's, oh, no, she's not played by Bridget. Bridget Flannery played Amber in Clueless and was also in... Um, she was in the TV version of Clueless as well. She was one of the yeah, crossover but, cast. But it is Bridget Flannery oh, it is. that plays her. Yeah, well, there you go. It is Amber. But she was she was the TV Amber. Yeah. Oh, my God, really? <laughs> Well, that will explain it. <laughs> um, well, well, we'll have to uh, confirm all these casting details for the next episode. But do let us know what you thought. Did you watch along with us? And um, again, you know, all this is all on YouTube, and fingers crossed, we'll stay long enough for us to get through them. <laughs> Get the episodes in the bank, yeah. <laughs> um, so do share what you thought. You know that you can find us on Twitter at SVH Podcast. You can send us an email at svhpodcast at gmail.com. And you can find us on Instagram at svhpodcast. And thank you so much for supporting us and joining Headstuff Plus. We really, really appreciate it. Um, 
we uh, we love hearing from from viewers and viewers listeners and if you're <laughs> listening you're all mixed up now <laughs> well we've been watching things i mean readers listeners viewers who knows? <laughs> we don't know what's going on anymore <laughs> but um yeah seriously i mean if you're listening to this you have uh, joined pi beta alpha and we appreciate every one of you and we will not black for any of you ever indeed yes happy to have you here and thank you so much yeah, so we will see you in two weeks uh where well i mean there don't seem to be episode titles but I guess we'll find out what happens next in Sweet Valley High. That's my TV announcer <laughs> voice. I don't know. Is, I love is it. O T A, old timey oh, announcer. I'll take it. <laughs> it could be an American one one week, and then the next week it could be hello. And next week on Sweet Valley Ooh. High, we'll see what happens. Well, Elizabeth, that's been yet another misunderstanding. <laughs> now the shipping forecast. Oh wow, so much to look forward to. Wow. Oh god, I'm very wretched your appetite. Don't be put off by those terrible voices. We will see you in two weeks. Thanks for listening. Okay. Thanks everybody. Bye. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.